Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. They'll be in a house fighting and fussing and just cussing and carrying on one with another. Blah, 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 blah. And it's heated and it's hot, all that sort of stuff in the air. And I knock on the door. Hello? Remember, if you'd like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Oh, we bless Jesus today. While you're standing, help me pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day, this opportunity that you have prepared for us to feast around your word. Lord, we do ask that your Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth and show us things to come. Lord, so now we just ask simply that you would just take control, that you just have your way. We lean on you, we rely on you, and we trust in you. In Jesus' name, let your heart say amen. 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 Well, you may be seated in the presence of our life-changing King. It is good to be back here with all of you uh, this morning. Uh, We just came back from a trip to Huntsville, Alabama, uh, to the space camp. I was there with my, my son on that field trip, school field trip. And uh, I had the pleasure of dining with and riding with uh, a whole class of fourth graders. <laughs> All the way there, several hours on the bus. And are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> uh, so we, I had the pleasure of being with them, but uh, I, I enjoyed being with my son on the trip. We had a, we had a lot of fun. So I thank God uh, to be with you uh, once again. Now, today we're going to be speaking from the subject of the force of peace, part number two, part two. And we're just going to continue with this flow until the Lord just takes us out of it. But let's go to the book of Philippians. And we're going to start here today. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians four. And I thank God that you've come today to receive what the Lord has to say to us. We're going to start here. We're not going to end here, but we're going to just start here today. In Philippians, the fourth chapter. And really, we can start at verse number five or rather four. And we'll go a little bit further, probably from verse four uh, to verse number seven, from four to seven. And again, we're going to talk or speak from the subject of the force of peace, the force of peace. Last week, we gave you an overview and uh, we're going to continue in this flow because it is very important for us to have peace, the peace of God in this hour. Uh, There are four types of peace, as we said uh, in the New Testament. Uh, There is one. There's the peace of God, as we said before. And then there's there's also the peace, uh, having peace with God. And uh, there is the peace from God, and uh, we know eventually there will be peace on earth. Right now, we want to really focus on the peace of God. Now, let me tell you the difference. I just feel to do this. I'll tell you the difference between the ones that I mentioned. Peace from God talks about um, that the Lord, of course, is the owner of that peace. This is coming from him to every born and believer. He is actually showering us every day with peace. There is a peace shower that comes upon us every day, actually every day. 
we have the potential of receiving God's peace at any moment of our lives. He's showering us with his peace, with his love, his affection. He's showering us with peace. There is peace from God. And you can look at that, of course, in Romans 1, 7, and also 1 Corinthians 1, 3. Or just go back and get the message and you'll hear all the scriptures then. Also, there is peace with God that we receive when we have right relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. Every born-again believer should have peace with God. We should not uh, be worrying about what would happen if we die or is God mad at me or is he angry at me because I sinned yesterday or because this and that and the other. No, the Lord Jesus has built a bridge and has given us access to have peace with God. Peace with God through the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I pray that you're with me today. All right. And today we'll be looking, we're going to really zoom in on the peace of God, God's peace. And this is that inner peace that the Lord gives us as we go through different trials or tribulations and or struggles in life. We need to know about the peace of God. And in that, we're going to be speaking again from the subject of the force of peace, the force of peace. All right. Uh, Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse number five, I th- rather verse four. I thank God that you're praying with me today. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Now, this is very important. Listen to this in verse number six. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, when the Bible says be careful, that's not like you're. Um, he's not saying, well, you're going to, there's a lot of glass on the floor. Be careful not to step in the glass, but it's really talking about not worrying about things, not being anxious about things. Now notice what it says. Be careful for nothing. Be, which is a condition. Be, be is a condition. Uh, really it is a condition by choice. We can be worried or we cannot be worried we can be anxious or we cannot be anxious we can be fearful or we cannot be fearful we can be courageous or be strong or not be that's a condition of our will that's a condition of our will we can be this or not be this to be or not to be that's your choice are you hearing me This is your choice. In any moment, we can have, uh, we'll have the choice, especially when something traumatic happens, you'll have the choice of freaking out or just being calm. I had the opportunity just recently uh, of ministering to a lady who uh, was really anxious, really, really, really worried with tears streaming down her face. She was almost hysterical uh, when she came to me and my wife was present with me. She was almost hysterical. Well, not almost. She was hysterical. And she was crying and wailing and moaning. Oh, Pastor Stroud, please, 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 please. But see, you can't give someone else peace unless you have peace. Now, if I had gotten hysterical with her, 
who have been two hysterical people. But the first thing I knew to do because of the spirit God within me was to tell her, hey, let's first of all, calm down. And I waited for her to calm down. Because I know here again, you can be anxious or you can choose not to be anxious. Let's calm down. I can't help you with your tears. So I stood there and I waited until she stopped. And then we can talk. Because understand, you cannot receive in an emotional fit. Whether you are crying, deep sadness, you can't hear a word I'm saying. Or whether you are overly joyed, you're at the top and you're just this floating on cloud 2009. You, you can't hear if you're in these emotional extremes. Remember, as we said on last week, when the Lord uh, appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, the first thing he said to them was, peace, be still, or peace be unto you, peace be unto you. At first they were worried and, oh, God, our master's dead. They killed him. What are we going to do now? Lower extreme. Then he said, peace be unto you. Then they could hear and receive. And then once they knew it was him, hey, they got excited. Went through the roof. Then he said to them again, peace, be still. Or peace be unto you. Then they could receive from him because a few moments later he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. See, we can't get anything from the Lord unless we're at a state of peace. This is why also in Psalm 23, the Bible is very clear that the Lord is a shepherd. We shall not want, right? And he leads us by what? Still waters. Still not raging waters or torrents of waters. He leads us by still waters. Sheep will feed on the still waters. You want to receive nourishment? Then you got to be still. You got to be still. You remember when uh, David and his armies, um, they were just, they just going out to war and they came back and they found out that their families and their children were gone. And uh, the, David's men uh, wanted to stone David to kill him because their families were gone. David had to go to a tree and he had to encourage himself. He had to get himself still and say, oh, Lord, okay. Here's the situation. I'm in it. Okay. Now, Lord, what do you want me to do about it? If he got frantic like his men, he wouldn't be able to hear from the Lord. You can't hear from God in a big frenzy. And recall to when when the Lord took Elijah after he uh, had just had his very big encounter with uh, Jezebel. And Jezebel sent him that note and said, by tomorrow, by tomorrow this time, I'm going to kill you. Elijah took off and he started running, ran away, and the angel came and ministered to him. And eventually, he eventually came up into a cave and God said, I'm going to talk to you there. And, and the Lord passed by and there was, there was thunder and there was an earthquake and all these things were happening. But the Lord's voice was in the still, small voices, in the, the quiet, the smallness. That's where he heard God. Not in the earthquake. Not in lightnings and thunders, but in that still small moment. That's where he heard God. And that is where you, born again believer, you, sons and daughters of God, that is where you will hear the Lord. He'll speak to you during those quiet 
times. How many of you have ever had, uh, you know the Lord has spoken to you in the shower? Amen. Or while you're in the bathroom? Amen. Hmm? Because finally, some of us was quiet. <laughs> he could finally talk to you now. You're quiet. You're at rest. Or sometimes when you're just waking up from sleep, just between sleep and awake, you're, you're still. And he can talk to you. He can talk to you. So peace is invaluable for a born-again believer. It is invaluable that you find a place of peace. As a matter of fact, the enemies of peace, the, the enemy, the devil, the demons, and, or sometimes the enemy can use people, these things come at you to distract you so that you won't have peace. As a matter of fact, if you look at it, even in modern warfare or uh, some years ago, when they want to break a prisoner to make him talk, they kept him up all night long and they kept doing stuff to him. Kept the light shining in his face or, or tried some type of um, warfare tactics and they kept a lot of noise going, a lot of noise going. They wouldn't let him have peace. So eventually he would break and just say everything. You know, I even saw in one particular movie they had a varnished theme song playing, I love you, you love And they played it over and over and over and over and over and over. And so finally the man broke. He just wanted to have some peace. Please stop it. I need peace. Please stop it. Because the enemy knows if he can just keep you distracted long enough, you won't have peace. If you don't have peace, you're not going to hear from God. Amen. But having peace is a choice. You've got to choose it. Peace causes you or not having peace or the enemies of peace here again will cause you to break your focus with God. But the Lord has said, no, I intend for you to have peace so that you can hear. Are you hearing me today? And so the Bible declares again, verse number six, it says, be careful for nothing. That's your choice. Be anxious for nothing or don't worry about it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Talk to, talk to the Lord about it. We're going to talk about something today. I pray we get to it. Uh, we're going to talk about um, intellectual framework. Intellectual framework. You'll get it. Intellectual framework and what that means and how that applies to us today. All right. Verse 7 says, as we keep these things, as we, verse six, you know, in verse six, as we keep our request before the Lord, as we decide, hey, look, I'm not going to be worried about this. I'm not going to let this bother me. I'm not going to let this get to me. I refuse to be anxious about this or fearful about this. But I'm going to take my request to the Lord. And the Bible says as a result of that in verse seven, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep, say, say, um, say keep. Shall what? Keep. Shall what? Keep. It shall keep your what? Hearts and what? Mind. Your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God's peace will keep your heart and mind. God's peace will affect your heart and your mind. Now here in the New Testament, this is separate. 
In the Old Testament, we're going to look at another scripture in Isaiah. It says one thing, mind, but we're going to talk about them separately here. God's peace will keep your heart and your mind. Heart deals with your emotions. Your emotions. Don't you know we can be very emotionally unstable? When it's time to go buy a car from the dealership or wherever, they want to make you excited about the car, show you all the best things about the car. They want you to drive the car. They want to get you emotionally revved up so that you won't see the interest. <laughs> they want to draw your attention away from the negative and accentuate the positive. So they want to rev you up really high so that you will be so excited about getting this new car. You sign the line. You off the lot. Gotcha. And then we go home and have what's called buyer's remorse. Why in the world did I do that? Why did I do that? Don't make a decision when you don't have peace. Don't make a decision in heavy and high emotion. Oh, this is so great. This is so great. And don't make a decision in low emotion. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. You need to find that place of peace. And then you can make a decision. Are you with me? That's why it is good not to discipline your children when you have high emotion or low emotion. Rather, when you're angry, when you're when you're about to blow your cool, when the steam coming out of your your ears and your eyes are blood red and you're seeing fire and and smoke is coming out of your collar. Don't discipline your children like that. No, you need to go away and find a place of peace. So that you can effectively communicate to them why you're disciplining them, what they've done wrong. Because listen, that's the way God deals with us. You don't want God to come down to you with wrath and fire and brimstone. Who does God do that? He has he does not do that to us. There is mercy and there is grace and he talks to us. So his style of parenting is better than ours. So he doesn't come to us with wrath and judgment and condemnation. No, he comes to you in a still small voice and lets you know what you did and how you can correct it. And if any other actions need to be taken, he'll give it to you through a spirit of love and not through hostility and and hate. You bad this and bad that. That's not God. Are you hearing me? How many of us have ever said something to someone else in heavy emotion that we wish we had not said? You can't communicate with people like that. You have to be at a state of peace yourself. Anyway, getting back to this sister and then we're going to go further. I had to tell her, calm down. Calm down. I'm telling you, that was a good one, sister. Sometimes things just got to come out. But once it comes out, you feel a whole lot better. Are you hearing? How to wait? You calm down first. You calm down. Because no matter how bad the situation is, if it just happened or if it's happened some years ago, you can calm down. You can calm down. I've seen people. They'll be in a house 
fighting and fussing and just cussing and carrying on one with another. Blah, 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 blah. And it's heated and it's hot, all that sort of stuff in the air. And I knock on the door. Shh. Hello? Oh, the pastor, oh, pastor, come in. I see them. Hey, come on, have a seat. What happened? The situation was still there. But they made another choice. It's a part of your will. You can choose it. You can cut it on or cut it off. These emotions are not, not stronger than your will. Are you hearing me? We don't have to be swept away. As we told you sisters before, you single sisters, you don't have to be swept away by some man that smells like Axe Cologne, you know, smells of Axe Cologne and, and wearing this and that and tells you beautiful and all this sort of stuff. You don't have to be swept away. You want to see some substance. It's going to take more than just a smell or some money or a car to get you because you are queens. You're royalty. If you're not a king, back up, Joker. I told you, we don't want no scrubs up in here. Right? Same thing for your single brothers. Praise the Lord. You don't want, you don't want a scrubette. You want a queen. You're looking, you're looking for a queen. Hallelujah. Before I found my wife, I wasn't looking for a girlfriend. I was looking for a wife. Praise the Lord. Looking for a wife, not a girlfriend. Praise God. Let's get back into the text. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep you, shall keep your hearts and your mind. You know, we can go crazy if you don't have mental peace. I mean, your mind can be going a thousand miles an, an hour, especially you ladies with your wonderful minds that God gave you. I'm telling you, y'all, if we, if I talk about a trip to Alaska, most of you are already thinking about where we're going to pack, what we're going to wear, how we're going to get there, we're going to have money, how about the hotel room, how are we going to get, we're going to go to a plane, we're going to go to a train, we're going to, we're going to go boat, how are we going to, and I just said Alaska. That's all I said. So the men thinking about, oh, hmm, Alaska. <laughs> oh, it's cold in Alaska. <laughs> but the ladies, <laughs> gone. And by the time we finally got around to thinking about travel plans, they've already been there mentally and come back. And we... That's just how wonderful your minds work. Hallelujah. You got the built-in supercomputer. Built-in supercomputer. Hallelujah. That's why girls mature a lot faster than boys. Our CPUs are not online just yet. We're trying to get it together. Hallelujah. Now that is great for you ladies and sometimes it can be very bad. Because you have the tendency to overthink some things. When it may be simple, you overthink it and it gets you in trouble and your mind is going, going and going and going and going. And it's hard to shut it off. Whereas a man. Mm, what? Mm, 
we can think on one thing at one time. Are you with me? Our minds are wired differently. And it is a beautiful compliment that the Lord has given us. Beautiful, beautiful. God designed us this way. So it's important for all of us really to find that force of peace in our lives so that we can rest. So that we can rest. Let's look at a few things here in Isaiah. And then we're going to close out today. Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26. Now this is in the Old Testament. I want you to see this too. And we'll be here for just a few minutes and then we'll close out for today. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Peace. Now I want you to notice something about peace as we get Isaiah the 26th chapter. I want you to notice something. Peace has no definition unless there is warring. Unless there is something hostile, unless there's some hostility coming at you. Peace has no definition. You don't even think about peace unless there's something happening. Unless something tormenting is coming against you. And usually this thing is attacking you at your place of weakness. Now, if you are in, let me give you an example about this. If you are sitting in a Sherman tank and your enemy is outside shooting spitballs at you, could you say you have peace? Not even worry about it. I'm in a strong place. He can, he can put saliva on it and, and blow him up all day long. It won't bother you. Or if he's shooting bubbles at you from a bubble machine, you know, it, it's not bothering you. So you can be in there, you can watch TV, you can have popcorn, whatever you want to do in your Sherman tank, it won't bother you. But if your enemy comes back with bombs and missiles and flamethrowers, then what happens to your peace? Goes right out. Goes right out. Now you're still in the same, same tank, same microwave popping your popcorn, right? But because your enemy has changed his tactics and you see what he has, you feel that this is now a threat to you. And when you think that something is a threat to you, peace will go out. Go out the way. But as long as you feel that this is a strong place and I can handle this, you'll have a measure of peace. But when you feel that as though you cannot handle this, then peace goes out of the way. Are you with me? And we all have different areas of or different points of strengths and weaknesses. All of us. All of us deal with crisis in different different ways. Some of us may deal with crisis with a stutter. Some of us may deal with the crisis and or deep problems with crying. And, and, you know, some of us may deal with crisis by running off and running away, just getting out of there. We all will handle or some of us may get very loud and angry. However you deal with, does everybody know how you deal with your crisis? How you deal with difficult, stressful times? Does everybody know? If you don't know this, ask those that live with you. They will tell you how you deal with crisis. Some of us retreat. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. I've got to handle this. We all deal with crisis in different ways. Okay? And we all have different levels of strengths and different levels of weaknesses. What may be a strong area to you may be a weak area to me. 
Now, this is why God called us all together to be one so that in my weakness, you can cover me. And in your weakness, I'll cover you. We can be strength to one another. This is one good thing. I love the Lord as he made family. We can cover each other in our areas, in our areas of weakness. And the Lord can strengthen us there in those areas. Let me give you an example about that. As we were at the um, space camp this uh, past week there, one of the things we had to do was go on a mission. Boy, we went into our little space capsule things, and I have to show you a picture of that. We were in our bright orange NASA jumpsuits, and all the children were so excited that we get to go on a mission, get to go in the simulators and, and all that stuff. It was, uh, you know, they had a ball. And, and part of the thing is that, uh, you know, they had different positions, mission commander and flight director and uh, uh, station Scientist and Nick was a station scientist, I believe, right? He was a station scientist, and we had to conduct certain experiments and all that stuff. So the children were just so excited, so excited. But they, we had to have little scripts. You know, everybody had a part to say over the intercom system in front of everybody. Everybody, everybody, oh God, because of an area of weakness, oh God, oh, that was a point, bing, oh, hit me, that's an area of weakness, Lord, where I looked at the children, you know what they were doing, they were having a ball, didn't bother them one bit whatsoever, they could have cared less. But me, I got to do what? I got to say this over that? Uh, I don't know if I can quite do that or not. (laughs) And so here is that place here again. Now, this was mine. I'm not sure what yours is. Because whatever it is, it's a recurring thing. And in that thing, God will teach you. And show you some things because there are some things in that area that you can see about yourself that you can't see when you're in your strengths. I can't see that about me when I'm here in the pulpit and the microphone in my hand. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Are you hearing me? I can't see that when I'm casting a devil or demon out. Come out. I can't see that when the anointing of God is so on me that people that I lay hands on them and they fly back several feet and knock over people. I I can't see that. Are you hearing me? I, I can't see that when I'm standing in my strength. Because when I'm standing in my strength, I'm strong. I'm bigger than Incredible Hulk. I'm bigger than Superman. Batman can't take me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I can't see that. And you can't see it in yours when you're standing in your strength. You're untouchable, unstoppable. Oh, but wait. The Lord is faithful to show you. Here is this spot. Oh, God, we'll all have that thing. I'm not sure what, is, what yours is, whether it's a relationship or that thing that really just makes you want to draw up and run away. Am I know what I'm talking about? Well, here the thing comes that says we're going to do a, a run through. We're going to do what? We're going to do a run through. Oh, okay. Whew. 
the video cameras everywhere, you know, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a big, nice thing here. The video cameras and their monitors and the screens and there's a gajillion buttons in the station that we're in. I, I like buttons, but oh, there were a whole lot of buttons in this place. A whole lot of buttons. And that was just in our area. Then there was another simulator with the flight control director and mission control and the children over there with their with their coaches and they're guiding them and so forth and so on. And so, you know, they're saying those things, T minus whatever to lift off. Da 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 Apollo, you have the authorization to lift off. Another child comes on. Well, the lights are green for us to start final burn. And, you know, then someone else say this and someone else says that and all this. And then another guy says, you are a station science scientist. You are cleared now to begin your uh, experimental blah, blah, blah. Oh, da, 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 da. So I'm hearing it, but we have this big log book that everybody, you see what they're having to say. And when it comes down to your place, then you get to the thing. And it came down to mine. Oh, Lord. And it came down to mine. And oh, oh. And I, I said it. Eventually, whew, it got mighty hot in there. And uh, that was it. And, uh, you know, the next day came, I had to do it, and I had my wife praying me, honey, you got to pray me, you got to pray, you got to pray, you got to pray. I got to say five words. I got to, over this thing, I got to say five words. And of course, when it came time for Nicholas's 80s, ha, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. It's like he's watching a SpongeBob cartoon, didn't phase him whatsoever. But we're going to get into intellectual, uh, intellectual frameworking, intellectual frameworking. My framework is different from his framework talks about um, intellectual framework talks about how your mind responds to different forms of situation, different crises, different things. I've always instructed him, son, you're a mighty man of God. You can do this, you can do that, so forth and so on. But I didn't get all that. So my mind is framed differently. And so now we are reconstructing, the father and I are reconstructing my thinking. And in, in this area, when we're done framing it, I'll be just as strong there as I am here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, it's the same thing with you. It's the same thing with you. Let's get to Isaiah. We're going to close out in five minutes or so. Isaiah 26. I want you to see this. Isaiah 26. Let me get mine and we're going to start reading really at verse 1. It says, in that day shall this song be sung in the Lord, and rather in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Verse 2, open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Look at verse 3. 
thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust in, trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the, the Lord, Jehovah, is everlasting strength. Now, this is, there's, there's so many things in this, uh, so, so very much in this, that I need to tell you that we may not step into it today. You may have to take it for next time, part number three. But let me tell you this. While you are in your moment of weakness... Begin to examine and take some notes. Before we, when I heard we were going to start doing this stuff, instead of freaking out, I got my phone and I began to type up notes as to what I was feeling and why I was feeling. And I was talking to God right there in that moment. Oh God, why is this? And why is that? Because I can't see that area in my strength. When you get in your point of weakness, because you'll get to get there again. Don't worry. You'll get to yours again. When you get there, stop for a moment. If you if it I'm not sure what happens with you, what kind of reaction you have with it. If it's anger, if it's leave me alone or or if it's if it's a stammer or if it's crying, I'm not sure how you react to it. Does everybody know how you react in that time, that stressful time, moment of crisis? Let me see your hands. Whatever it is, take that time right there. Embrace that time and begin to ask God about it. Begin to take notes about it. Why am I feeling this way? Why, why am I feeling the need to retreat? Why do I feel the need to run away? You know, what am I thinking about right now? What, what scripts are playing in my mind? What am I hearing? Because you are hearing something. You are hearing something. And as you identify what these things are, you'll find that it'll be so much easier the next time. Because God is using this thing to frame up a new mindset in you. He's letting you see the area of weakness so that you can come to him and depend upon him for this thing. Are you hearing me? There is so much more. I won't be able to get it all to you today. I won't be able to get it all to you today. But let me just go back up to verse 3. It says, for thou, or rather, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. We'll talk about perfect peace next time whose mind is stayed on thee. Now, the word mind here in Hebrew means form. It means framing. It means imagination. It means intellectual framework. Now, intellectual framework is a total makeup of a person's mind, how it is wired, uh, their thinking process, not merely what they think about, but why they think it. Let me give you an example about this, and Bibles are closed. Let me tell you how different, how important this intellectual framework is. Okay. Men in America, a lot of men in America freak out when they see naked ladies. Woo! Or see skin. All right. Missionary goes over into uh, Africa. 
He's a missionary. I'm going to go over now. I'm going to say the people over there. I'm going to give the people the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm going to go tell them about the Lord. Okay. Well, he gets over there and he sees the women and the women don't have any clothes on. They got little, little, um, little bottom, but their tops are all exposed. Well, the missionary freaks out. Oh, oh, oh. And the men of the tribe looking at him like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> There's something in his eyes. Call the witch doctor. Let him go around and put something in his eyes. What's wrong? With him? Why does he keep covering up his eyes when the lady's coming around? It's not the body. It's how his mind was wired. His mind was wired to see this, and this sight is supposed to cause this reaction. Well, these other pygmy men over there, what? Have not been wired like that. Same bodies, same mind, same people, but because they were trained to think differently. How have you been trained to think? You understand what I'm saying to you? We can't say blame this oh, because of them, because of how they act. This is I act this way because of the way they act. No, no, it's not that. Because others in the same or similar situation thrive in that, thrive under that pressure. It's no big deal for some. some that's someone else's strength. But how is your mind wired when you see different things? What reaction does it cause you to have? The framework of the mind. Why do you freak out when you see this or when you hear that? Why do you freak out when a certain situation comes around? Why do you do that? Framework of the mind. Framework of the mind. And this thing will only attack you in your area of weakness. Why do you respond to that? Because remember, you are kings and priests. You are seated with Christ right now in heavenly places. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. The God that made everything and without him was nothing made that was made is living right now on the inside of you. You are his house. God is living on the inside of you and his power is continuing to flow toward you who believe. Now, he's with you. He died for you. He loves you. He's given you his power, but yet and still we're shaking. We're seeing ourselves as grasshoppers and not as more than conquerors. Why is that? You see, understanding these things is the key to a victorious walk in Christ. He not only wants to save you, but he wants to heal you too. He wants to show you who you really are. The force of peace. We'll get to more of it later. I pray you receive the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. 
He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.